0: We begin at the Mishnah on the bottom of Samehva Vamid base. So we continue here with what they would do with the Sarla Azazel, taking it out to the cliff, to be thrown off the cliff. Dr. Mishnah Yikire Yerushalayim. Prominent people from Yerushalayim. Choyum Would accompany the individual that would take the Saur to La'Azazel. At Sukkah Yishayinah until the first hut that was outside Yerushalayim. Now the Mishnah says that on the way going to the Sarila, to to the so there were huts along the way. We'll see soon exactly the the story about this. So how many were there? Eser, Sukkot, Mirushalayim Va'ad, Zeik. There were 10 huts that were set up along the way from Yerushalayim until the cliff. What was the distance from going out of the from Yerushalayim, until the Mount of Tishim Ris. 90 ris. How far is 90 ris? And if you count it in mil, ris. Uh, sorry, shiva umechze lachol mil. Seven and a half ris for every mil, which means that it was really 12 mil. 12 times seven and a half is is 90 ris. So it's basically 12 mil from Yerushalayim until the mountain where the uh, tzaddik. And uh, there was there was uh, how many sukkas in between? Ten sukkas in between. And we'll see soon in the Gemara, the Cheshben, I'll explain the Cheshben of what the, why, why there were 10 Sukkis for that space of 12 mil. I'll call Sukk'e v'sukk'e by every hut, there was someone there, in every hut. And Oymrim Lai, so when the person that was taking the Sar to the Azazel, they would tell him Hare Mazen, Hare mayim. here you have water, you have the food, if you have to eat, even though it's on Yom Kippur, if you have to eat, so you have what to eat over here. As the Gemara will say, no one uh, none of the people that ever took the Sar actually used that food on their way. It's Yom Kippur, he's supposed to fast. But uh, they had it there available if you would need. So then what happened? um So this person taking the Sar would have someone accompany him from one hut to the next hut. Besides the last hut, That he doesn't accompany him all the way to the cliff. Because if you make the cheshbon, if there's 10 huts in 12 mil, so the shear of chum Shabbos is 1 mil, 2000 tamas. So each person accompanying him could go from one to the next. Right? So one person accompanied him from Yerushalayim to the first sukkah, from one sukkah to the next. And then when he came, to, so that makes up for 10 mil. From Yerushalayim until the last sukkah is 10 mil. And then from the last sukkah until the tsoik, till the cliff itself, there was another 2 mil there. Because it was 12 mil, right? So the last person that accompanied him went with him 1 mil and then let him go himself another mil and he only was able to watch from a distance and he went to the last mil alone. As it says here, He would watch from a distance, he would stand from a distance, And he would see what he was doing there. Now Ma'ay uh, what would he do when he would get to the top of the cliff? he would take the thread, a <coughs> red thread, Kosher, or he would tie it on a rock on top of the cliff. He would tie the other half between the the horns of the goat. Then, he pushes it backwards off the cliff, then it rolls down, it didn't reach half of the mountain, of the cliff, it turned into pieces and limbs. Then, when he's done, he came back, and he went into the very last hut, closest to the mountain, and he waits there until at night. So now it says in the Pasuk, she brings it here. The one that takes the his clothing become tame. But at what point? At what point do his clothing become So says, The moment he leaves the wall of Yerushalayim, his garments are Tameh. Rab Shimon says, from the time that he comes to push her off the cliff. That's when his clothing become Tommy. So we learned in the braisa a few opinions about the number of huts and the distance. So the first opinion is like what it says in the Mishnah. S says there were ten huts, Shnei Masim and twelve mil was the was the distance. that's the opinion of Meir, exactly like it said in our Mishnah. Rabbi yudahim Rabbi says Teisha Sukis, there were only nine Sukkis. Vasara million and there was only ten million. So then you have nine sukkahs in that space of, of uh, ten million. It comes out that the, the last sukkah actually is only one mil from the tzik and the last person accompanies you all the way till the cliff itself. Rabbi Yaisi says, Sukkis, There were five sukkahs and there was all, ten million, but there was five sukkas there. The kulon al yidei and the way that uh, they would accompany him from one sukkah to the next was with an of. So even though you could only go one mil, that's the Tchum so you can't go more than that So how, how is five sukkahs for ten mil and enough? But if you make an of, so then you put the of in the middle and you're able to go two mil So therefore for the ten mil you need only five sukkahs, so you use also an of. Now this is the Gmarah Braisa says, Yaisi, my son Allah said to me, and Rashi here says that he said it to him, shaykal He was sort of mocking his this opinion. He was uh, like laughing of it. He was saying, if so, if you're relying on making an aid of tchumin, so then imal Yidei I can tell you that we can make our the sukais vasod it would be enough to have just two sukkahs in ten million in order for the, to have the people accompany the person taking the sar lazazel. So Rashi makes a cheshman, it's very simple. How are you going to have two sukkahs for ten million? So if you're going to have in each sukkah, in each one of these huts more than one person. You're going to have two people at least in each one of these huts. So then what are you going to do? You're going to have the people coming from Yerushalayim, accompanying him two mil. How? By making a native tchumin. So they can go out of Yiddishalayim, not just one mil, 2,000 amos. You place the 8 of Trummim right there at the end of the Trumm, and then you can go another 2,000 mil. Another, so they have 2 million for the people that are coming from Yiddishalayim. Then the people that, make, that, make the, that are there in the first sukkah also make an 8 of, in order for them to be able to come and greet him over there at that point, so they can come forward to greet him, that's one person in the sukkah. And then the other person in the sukkah makes an aid of Tchumen in the other direction. That he should, he should be able to go two mil to go further, the, the, the other direction. The same thing with the next sukkah. There the, are the two people in the next sukkah, so they make an aid of Tchumen that they can come to, gr- to greet him where he is. So they can walk two mil to come and greet him. And then the, another person in that sukkah makes an aid of Tchumen to be able to go another two mil towards the towards the mountain. Okay, So, therefore, just having two sukkahs will be good enough to be able to accompany him all along the entire way. Now, the Gemara says, According to who does it go, this that it says in the that besides the last person that accompanies the person, he didn't reach with him all the way till the cliff itself, the last mill, he went alone, which is like what it said in the Mishnah. He Maisi. We stood from a distance and saw what he was doing on the, on the cliff. Command this is Rab Meh's opinion that there was twelve mil, and therefore for the last mil he couldn't follow him. According to Rab yeisi according to Rab Yehuda, there was only ten mil, and there was nine sukkahs or five sukkahs with an eight of, so he was able to go with him all the way to the to the, to the cliff itself. It says right in the Mishnah I'll call sukkah ve sukkah oymrim loyareh Every sukkah that he would come to so the people, the person that was there told him here you have food, you have water if you need. Taneh, in Ebrei's we learned me'olam le'chutzrachadam lekach A person never needed to have this, never actually ate on Yom Kippur. E'le she'eyn edayimeh, mishh yesh le'paspasaleh You can't compare someone that has bread in his basket and knows that it's available for him to a person that does not have the bread in his basket. So the very fact that he had it available for him calmed him down. Now what, we do? what would he do? He would, he would divide the red thread and put half of it on a rack and half of it on the horns of the animal. So the Gemara asks why? Why doesn't he tie all of it on the rack? And over there the point is this red thread turned white because it forgave the Avedis of the Eden. And so why does it all have to be tied? Why does it have to divide? Put it all on the rack. And the even the mitzve beso'i. The mitzvah is to be done with the goat, that it should be pushed off the cliff. Dilmah, malbin, if what happens is maybe this white, this red thread will turn white even before he actually pushes it off the cliff. Umaisved, and the person will see this and it'll be, he'll be already calmed down. In other words, he'll be happy with the kapara that was already accomplished. And therefore, he won't actually complete the mitzvah. He won't want to push it off the cliff. So, therefore, we say that you have to put, you have to put it on the horns of the animal and it's going to turn white on the horns of the animal. So, the Gemara asks the question in the reverse. If so, why don't you tie the entire thread on the horns of the animal and it'll turn white only after you push it off the cliff? Because zimnin, the gomish leh sometimes its head is going to be bent to such a direction, velavadaita. you won't be able to see if it turned white or not. So therefore, you put it on the rack to be able to see if it turned white. Tanarabana and Abraiseh, we learned about this. Barishayinah, Hayukashten, in the beginning, where would they tie this thread, this red thread? pesach by the opening of the ulam, bachutz on the outside, for everybody to see. Then Hilbin, when it became white, everybody was happy that they should forgave them. Loy Hilbin, but then and sometimes it did not turn white, They were sad, and they were they were embarrassed. So they didn't want that the Yomtiv of Yom Kippur should be disturbed by this. So Yaskinul, they instituted They tied this thread by the ulam, but the opening, but not on the inside, but on the outside on the inside. So it shouldn't be exposed for everyone to see. But hoyu they would still peek inside to see. Everyone wanted to know whether the kapara was accomplished. And veroyin, and they would see that hilbin if it was white they were happy. Lo if it didn't turn white they were sad. So eventually his Hizkinu, they were musakin that they're not going to hang it over there by the ulam but rather she yekoshinoy se a one on the rock and one on the horns of the animal. So on Yom Kippur itself, the, all the yidin that were there by the Beis Mikdash did not know what happened. So it didn't, it didn't disturb the Yom Kippur if it did not turn white. Amir Abinachem bar Pope, Mishum belloza, Kapar, he said a similar thing. But he said that Barishayinah, the first stage was HaYukayshun Lashen Shal they would tie this thread, Al-Pesach, Ulam, Bebifnim. They never tied it on the outside, it was tied by the Ulam on the inside. Ve'kivan, shehigiyah, sorry, le Midbar. As soon as the goat arrived to the Midbar, even before it was thrown off the cliff, HaYumalbin, it became white. Viyadu, shanasis, mitzvaseh, they knew that the mitzvah is done. Shenemah, as the Pasik says, Im kasheleg, yalbinu. That your Avedis, that are red, will become white like snow. As we know, red represents Gvuris, and white represents Chesed, and that's the kindness, that Elisha's Mechaparan Yidin. So the Mishnah says that they would turn the, the, the animal was to, to cut into pieces, and from this uh, sharp rocks in the cliff. So the question was asked, Those limbs of the animal. Are you allowed to have benefit from them? What do you do with them? So Rav Shmuel argued about this. Chadoma, one of them said, Mutarin, Yes, it's allowed to have a nofen them. Doma, another opinion is Asura, that it's forbidden. Ma'andoma Mutarin, the one that says that it's allowed. because the pasuk says ba midbar that you send out the sorla into the midbar, and Ashi says it's an extra pasuk. It already said before that it's sent to the midbar. It says an extra time ba midbar. Why does it say it again? So it's coming to say that just like as Rashi says, just like the Midbar is a place of Hefkeh, that it's open to anyone to use, so too these avarim are available for anyone to have anna'ah from them. The one that says that it was forbidden, the Chsiv gzeda. The Apostlech refers to this place as an eres Gzairah. The word Gzairah usually means something which is stringent and forbidden, so therefore it means over here that it's forbidden to have any anna'ah of these limbs. So the Gemara is going to explain what each mandama does with the extra word that the other one would darshant. Mandama surin, so the one that says that it's forbidden, hai midbar mayavetle. What does he do with this extra word midbar? he uses it for what it says in the Brayse, there's a few times. The Gopasic actually says three times the term midbar. Hamidbara, Hamidbara, midbar. Why does it say three times? Let rabbis, it's coming to include Naiv, the Givain, and Shiloi, and Beiselamim. That not only when they didn't want the want won the a Mikdash, when they the Eden the, had the Mishkan that was still in Naiv or Givain, or in Shiloi, and then Beiselamim, that in all these places they have the mitzvah of that, sending the Sarah to the Azazel. Now, according to the other opinion, Hai Gizeirah Mayavatle. What do we learn out from this extra word, Gizeirah? We learn from what like from what it says in the Brayse. Gzeda, what does the word gzeda mean? Gzeda means that it should be a place like Rashi says. The Asar The was not a mountain where it went down like in a slope. The animal rolled down on a slope. It came, it went down like a cliff, straight down with very sharp rocks. That's what gzeda means. That it's, it's, it's sharp and cu- it cuts up the bottom of the animal. Dov'achar another pshat. E'en gzedeh ele dov'ramizgazer gzede refers to the animal itself, to the, to the goat, that it gets cut into pieces. Dov'rachar third pshat. Gzedeh, this whole mitzvah of Sarla Azazel is a decree from the Eibishter. Shem ha because you may say, Mais This is a very strange thing, that you have to take a goat and push it off a cliff. What is this all about? What's the, what is it? It doesn't make any sense. Tamod loimah, therefore the postage says, Ani shem Ani Hashem gizartiv, Ayde Hashem decreed to do this. behen. You have no permission to be, think about why the Ebesher wanted this. This is a chayk, it's the gzeira of the Ebesher. That's why it says gzeira. Oma So Rav concludes regarding this machlaikis, whether you're allowed to have or no from the limbs that are left there. Mestavre, it's logical. the oma muttarem. Like the opinion that says that it's allowed. Because lay t'ayre shlach letakala. The tater would not tell you to send it to the Azazel and then the limbs are there and then it could cause a stumbling block for someone. Someone's going to come and find these limbs, he's going to use it and he's not going to know what it is. So therefore Mestamah, the tater does not want people to stumble and be over on Aveda, So therefore probably after it's done, it could, you could have a no from it. Tana we learned Nabraisa Azazel. The mountain is called Azazel. What does Azazel mean? Sheyehyehaz v'kosha. It's hard, it's a rough and uh, hard place. Yachub Yeshub, I would think that you can find such a place even inside a settled uh, in, in, inside a city if you find a cliff that is hard and tough. ba Bamidba has to be out in the desert. Uminayin she Soik, how do we know that it's a cliff? Tamudloyma Gzeda, as we said before, Gzeda means that it doesn't come down like a slope, but it's like a cliff going straight down basically. Tanyi dochranodabraisa we learned Azazel is kosher shab, the roughest of mountains. The pasuk says, "V'es alei lokach." So, Azazel is as az an ale. So, just like in this Posik, ale means the, the, the tough ones, the hard ones in the land. So, to, the word the, the, the word ale in Azazel refers to the fact that it's a hard mountain. Rabbi Shmuel. has another peshtat for Azazel. Azazel al ma'ase uza that this is for even actions that are the Avedis of Uzza and Azal. Who were they? So Rashi says those were Malachim that came down into the world in the times before the Mabel. And they, it says to Vadeva as Benoissa Adam. So they did Avedis, these Malachim. And the, what Avedis? The Avedis of Giliarayas. So basically, what it's saying is that this maisa of pushing the, the, the sword, of the Aafta Azazel is mechaper and all Avedis, including the Avedis of Giliarayas, of immoral relationships. Toan the Rabbanon and we learned in connection to the Azazel, which we said is a Gzera. It, it, it's a decree from the Eberster. Es the Pasuk says, Es Mishpatai ta'asu, that you shall fulfill my Mishpatim. What are the Mishpatim? Dvarim shall that refers to Mitzvahs, that even if it wouldn't be written in the Teireh, dinu It would be logical that it should be written. Ve'eluhain, Avediz Kachovim, serving Avediz Zara, Rais, Shvichis Domim, Gezel, Berches Hashem, which is the opposite of blessing Hashem's name. That those are things that a person <coughs> on his own would understand that they're appropriate to be done. That's the mishpatim. Es chukayis ay dvarem shasatn meishiv alei. And those are the things that the sotan argues with Yidin and says, "Why are you doing these things?" Ve'elehen achilas chazer, not eating chazer and all kasher. shatnes, not to wear shatnes. Chalitzas yevomeh, the halacha of chalitzas of yevomeh. Tars all the halachas about a and. The of the It's interesting that it chooses that these. The Paradum is not mentioned here. This week's Parsha. Paradum and Rashi also brings this. The Gemara says that the Satan is main as Israel and so on. So this is also, this is the chukim of here. So the Gemara concludes. You might think that these are things that are, make no sense whatsoever, strange things that the says to do. Tamud I have made this the law. You have no permission to think about this. So the Rebbe spoke about this Lashon. Many times. it was one place in the Sichetz, in Chelech of Beis. The Rebbe, there says an interesting pshat. To the Yukim, the Rebbe says. First of all, the Rebbe says, why does it say Rishos? Why doesn't it say Al-Tahara? Don't think about what the meaning is. Hashem wants it. Rishus means that MS usually when a person is making a mitzvah you are supposed to think Nasev and Nishma means first nasav but then Nishma. Nishma means you're supposed to be fedish, use your mind understanding and understanding the, then the, the time of a mitzvah. So therefore here it's telling you en l'chor that klal you're supposed to be thinking but over here the E-busha says specifically by these mitzvahs you shouldn't. Another dig of the Rebbe is it says Lahar. There's a very big difference between laharir. Or a person that's trying to understand the reason of something. Because laharar means when you're questioning, when you're doubting. The, the, should I do this? Should I not? Like when when a person like that ever brings the Lashon on the gumara Maharara, when a person is skeptical about his teacher and he like he's not doesn't it's a lack of trust. So that, the lack of trust, that's not allowed. But to think and to try to give timing for the mitzvah, is that yeah? The Rambam, even when we get to the mitzvahs that are chukim, says that although we don't understand them fully, but nevertheless there are reasons, there are pshatim for them. Even though we're even to get to this week's parsha by the Pada Aduma, Rashi, after he finishes the pshat, brings a whole long thing from Rabbi Moshe Adash and explaining every single detail of the Para Aduma, what it, what, what it means, what's the reason for it. Pile plan, which is the biggest chayk of all. and Ashi gives a reason for every single detail of the Paraduma. So that means, shus to, 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 to lack of trust, but to try to give reasons, that's mutter. The next thing it said in the Mishnah was, e'en begodim. When does this person's garments become tommy, like the Apostlech says, the person that's taking it out. So Taner it says in Abra'isah, HaMeshaleiach Metameh Be'gaden. The person that sent to actually take it, the desire, his Be'gaden become Tameh. But Ve'ein HaShileiach, HaMeshaleiach Metameh People that are sending him off, or the people that are actually accompanying him, their garments do not become Tameh. Yoch, I would think, Mishiyotza Lechaimis Azad, the moment he leaves the walls of the azale, his garments become Tameh. Tamodloima HaMeshaleiach. means when he's sent, when he's already further on his way. The Pasuk says Yochel, I would think Achiya that his garments only become Tommy once he actually arrives to the cliff. The extra Vav says no, he becomes tommy even before. And when is that? Like it said in the Mishnah Yerushalayim, When he leaves the walls of Yerushalayim, his garments become Tommy. Devre Rabbi that's the first opinion there. Rabbi Yaisi says, if you look in the Pasik where it talks about the fact that his clothing becomes tommy, so what does it say there? Azazel v'chibes. Taking it to the azazel, then he should wash his garments. Right? The Lashon of the Pasik is, M'shilei achasasar la'azazel begodov. So because it says azazel and yechabes together, that means, that his garments only become tommy once he actually arrives to the azazel, to the cliff. Third opinion, Rav Shimon the Pasik says, What does this mean? When you push it off the mountain and its head goes rolling down, that's when your garments become Tommy. So not, even when you arrive, your garments are not Tommy yet, only after you actually pushed it off the mountain, that's when your garments become Tommy.